Welcome back to the Fit Ish Project with your host, Lathan Bass. We got another episode coming at you this week. We are doing a QA episode. I take questions that I've gotten from some of my current clients that I'm working with, uh, just conversations that I have with people either in person or on social media. Um, every once in a while, I'll have somebody send me over a question in the DMs or whatever and makes for a good topic to talk about because I know that typically if I have a couple different people asking similar questions. There's probably more people out there who want an answer to those questions. So uh, in the future, if you do want your questions answered, you can always just send me your question um, and I can talk about it on the podcast or just give you an answer, you know, in the in the conversation as well. But again, I like to share the share the wealth, share the knowledge, because a lot of these questions are questions that a lot of people have. So if you have a question you want me to expand on a little bit, talk about a little bit in future episodes, I try to do these at least once a month. You can send those over to me on social, Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, whatever. And I will get those and respond. And then the other thing, one-on-one coaching spots for anybody looking for some online fitness accountability, either with getting a plan together, maybe getting going a little bit, maybe you're not really sure where to start, or you just are just confused about the whole thing altogether and you're ready to see some progress, feel better, look better, improve your health, all that good stuff. You can check out the link in the show notes and I will get back to you. We can have a conversation, see if it's a good fit for both of us and go from there. But without further ado, we will get into this one. We have eight questions in this one over a range of different topics, things like um, what to do for healthy quality snacks, how to approach working out in the morning, what things you should know about that, whether or not you need a lifting belt, how to choose a good protein powder, getting more consistent with going to the gym this year, and a couple others. So we will try to rattle these off and get through these and see if we can't learn something here. So question number one, I work long 12-hour days and I want to do a better job of bringing some healthy snacks. Any suggestions? Well, First off, props to you for realizing, you know, bringing some snacks, bringing some food, maybe even bringing some meals is going to help you with staying in line and improving your fitness. I think that's something that a lot of people overlook. It's just a simple act of planning ahead of time and being prepared. You know, bringing snacks or meals with you can make a huge difference in staying in accordance with your goals, you know, staying on track and not falling off too much. So again, props to you. Uh, but yes, I do have some suggestions. Um, when I think about snacks, majority of my snacks, I want them to be convenient, number one. And I also want them to either be higher in protein or I want them to be lower calories. So for me, that gives me two main topics that I try to shoot for when it comes to my snacks and things that I go to. Um, so I'll either go with fruit, pretty much any and all kinds of fruit. I like things that are convenient. So like the things that have like peels on them and stuff like that, where you can literally just throw them in your bag and then you're good to go versus something like, let's say like uh, berries where you might have to put it in a container, put it in a bag, something like that and take it with you. Again, I always try to maximize for convenience. So not that that's a huge deal and you could obviously do that, you know, take some berries or whatever, but I like convenience. So I stick to things like pears, bananas, peaches, uh, apples, all those kind of things, oranges, clementines, things that are just super, super easy and convenient and I can take with me very easily. I like those. So fruit is a big one that I would recommend. Um, and then the other one with protein snacks, higher protein type foods. Uh, these would be things like protein bars. Protein shakes are decent too, although they don't quite fill you up as much as say 
some sort of foods would probably fill you up. But I still like those if you're really just trying to increase your protein intake. Jerky, so any kind of like beef jerky or things like that is also a really good snack. Um, meat sticks are another good one. Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, um, and then tuna packets. Those are all kind of my go-tos when it comes to like higher protein snacks. I really like the Greek yogurts because you can get them in single cups. They're super easy to just throw in your bag or you know throw in the fridge or bring to work or whatever. Cottage cheese is another really good one. I like to eat those with some crackers or something like that. Throw a little seasoning in there. It tastes really good. Um, but all those are really high protein snacks that you can just take on the go. So they're super convenient. Get a little more protein and stay in line with your goals. So those would be the two things that I would recommend or those are the two things that I eat the most of. You could also do vegetables, but I don't really enjoy raw vegetables by themselves. So I don't really eat those as snacks. Um, I'll have those in like other meals and things like that. But for me, I'm not a big raw vegetable person. But if you like that kind of stuff, you know, carrots, celery, any of that kind of raw vegetable stuff, then that's also a really good option that you can use. And then the other thing, the other kind of rare exception, not rare exception, but the other category, sometimes I like to have something sweet throughout the day. And so I'll do something like that's a little bit lower calorie, but also kind of satisfies that sweet tooth. I'll do like a Rice Krispie, like one of those you know, mini size ones, or I'll do like a fun size candy bar or like a little square of chocolate or something like that if you want something a little sweet, because I like desserts. I like to have, you know, sweet things from time to time, maybe a little lunch dessert. So those are things that you can use as well, where it's not going to be like crazy amount of calories and not going to, you know, set you up for not hitting your goals or anything like that. So those would be my suggestions. Try to keep things convenient and higher protein, lower calorie. Those are always good ways to go when you're trying to stay on track. Question number two, the only time that I have to work out is early in the morning. I'm wondering if I should eat before or after my workout or possibly both. So props to you, you know, working out in the morning isn't always easy, but I get it that sometimes all the time that people have within their day is early in the morning before they get going doing anything else. This was me for a really long time. Uh, when I was teaching and coaching full time, I just didn't really enjoy working out at the end of the night. When I had gone through a full day of working, coaching, you know, on my feet for 12 hours, I really didn't want to work out. So oftentimes I would do it in the morning where I was more likely to do it. And I know, again, not everybody loves working out in the morning, but if you really struggle with getting your workouts in in the evening after work, maybe you're tired, things just seem to come up, then lifting or just working out in the morning might be your best option. It takes a little bit to get used to, and it's not always pleasant, but it is nice when you can get that thing knocked out. You start your day off with a little momentum. You always feel good about your day when you can start off with a workout. But anyways, getting into this, eating before a morning workout, should you do it, should you not do it? So it really is going to come down to personal preference. Some people really don't like eating before they work out, and some don't mind it at all and feel like they do better when they do have something to eat. So when I was doing it, uh, I typically wouldn't eat most days before I'd work out because I would work, I would wake up and I would literally be working out within 15 minutes of waking up. What I would do is I would just chug 20 to 30 ounces of water, typically have some electrolytes with that or a little bit of salt within that. And then I was good to go. And then I would eat my breakfast after I was done lifting. Again, you can eat if you want to, but definitely want to stick to something a little bit more light. Uh, something like maybe like a bagel or like toast with some jelly on there, peanut butter, 
fruit would be a good option. Maybe a like a light protein shake, a protein bar, Greek yogurt, even oatmeal, like quick oatmeal wouldn't be a bad thing. But you really want to keep it light. You don't want to be feeling heavy or like weighed down when you're trying to go in and work out, especially if you're doing anything that's like high intensity. Uh, it's probably not going to sit very well in your stomach. So it's a little bit of trial and error. Try it out. See what you like and see what works with you. The big thing is, though, when you do finish your workout, you want to get in some food after your workout. And this is mainly in the form of protein just because we want to make sure that we're maximizing that muscle. And especially since you're just waking up and you haven't really had much to eat, getting that protein in a little bit sooner is going to be beneficial to making the most progress and making the most gains, building the most muscle all that good stuff. So getting some protein in after workout is definitely something that you do want to focus on regardless. Question number three, I'm wondering your thoughts on lifting belts. I see a lot of people in my gym and online wearing them, but I currently don't wear one. Do I need one? So first, what is a lifting belt? I'm sure you've probably seen these before, but it's like the thick looking belt that you wear around your stomach and around your back. Basically, all it does is it helps you to increase your abdominal pressure. And that's just a fancy way to say that it helps to create more stability within your core, within your trunk, which is a good thing for lifting weights, but especially for lifting heavier weights and to lift more weights and also help to reduce the chances of injury. But the quick answer is no, you don't necessarily need one. But as I said, it can help you lift more weight. So if your goal is to lift as much weight as possible, if you're really like chasing strength numbers, then Having a belt could be something that's useful for you, but if you're just the average everyday person, you know, trying to get workouts in, trying to get stronger, build a little muscle, feel good, maybe look a little bit better, you don't necessarily need one. One thing to note is that if you do have one, you don't necessarily want to rely on it for all your sets because you want to learn to create that core strength, that core stability within yourself without having to rely on a belt. So if you do have one, you can use like that belt for the heaviest sets. But outside of that, you know, when you're warming up, when you're working up to your really heavy sets, you don't necessarily need to or want to be wearing a belt just so you can make sure that you are training that core, keeping it strong, keeping it stable um, and helping to reduce injury. I personally haven't worn a belt for quite a while, probably since I was in college. I'm not opposed to them, as I said, but I just prefer to live without one. And I don't necessarily feel like I need one because I'm not lifting crazy amount of weight anymore like I used to. I wasn't, I'm not focused on, you know, my one rep max or if I can squat 500 pounds or things like that. I still lift heavy, but throughout the years of not using a belt, I just feel like I've done pretty well and been able to build up my strength within my core, within my trunk. And I don't necessarily feel like I need to rely on a belt or use a belt as much anymore. So I don't use one. But again, personal preference, if you want to use one, if you're really focused on pushing those weights and getting your strength up, then you could get one, uh, but you don't have to use one. Question number four, I've seen you post about using whey protein on your social media stories. Uh, with so many options out there, I'm a little confused on what kind I should be taking. Any suggestions on a good protein powder? So yes, I'm a huge fan of whey protein, especially for most people because a lot of people really struggle to get enough protein. And using whey protein, whether it's in your shakes, whether it's in your oatmeal in the morning, whether it's in um, ice cream, I just got a Ninja Creamy, so I've been putting it in my ice cream, which has been awesome. Um, whether it's in other recipes like protein pancakes or you know baked goods or things like that, using whey protein is a really, really simple way to up your protein intake, which 
you know by now is good for building muscle, helping with hunger and cravings, um, and just overall health. So making sure that you're getting enough protein is important and it can be hard throughout the day, just, you know, you get busy, things like that. So having whey protein on hand is a really, really nice way to make sure that you are getting the protein that you need. So protein powder can definitely be a help. I take protein powder and have been taking it for a really long time. I use it pretty close to almost every day, I'd say. But some things you can look for when picking a protein powder, because this person is right, there is tons of different brands, tons of different flavors, tons of different kinds out there, and it can be a little overwhelming to know which one to go with. So a couple things that you want to look for um, on the back when you're trying to buy a protein, a whey protein powder, you want to look at the ingredients and see what that first ingredient says. You want to try to find something that says protein isolate versus like a whey blend or versus like a concentrate. Simply for the fact that in your protein isolate, you're going to get more bang for your buck. So you're going to get more protein versus in something like a blend or a concentrate, it could be less protein and there could be a bunch of extra fillers or different ingredients and things in there that you don't really know what's really going on in there. Um, so you want to make sure that you're getting a high amount of protein within your protein powder. So look at the ingredient list, make sure that first ingredient says protein isolate, you're in good shape there. Second thing I always look at is the calories in the protein content. So you want to try to find one that's per serving size, somewhere in the range of like 20 to 25 grams per scoop or per serving size. And then somewhere in between like 100 to like 130-ish calories is, is pretty solid. And again, this is just to make sure that you're getting a high amount of protein and you're not getting a bunch of extra fillers, a bunch of extra calories and things like that. So those are the two main things that I look for whenever I'm choosing a protein. And then I always like to just go and look at the reviews and things like that and see you know what people are saying. But if you look at those two things and those two things are solid then you can just find a brand that you like, that you enjoy, find a flavor that you like and enjoy and go with that one. When it comes to taking protein powder, I typically use like one to two scoops per day of whey protein powder. And that's probably the most common recommendation that I see from people out there. So anywhere between like 20 to 50 grams of protein can come from whey protein and it's not an issue. There's been studies where they use a lot more and there's still not really issues. Um, but whenever possible, you want to try to get a decent amount of your protein from your whole more minimally processed foods, you know, your chicken, your beef, your pork, your seafood, um, your dairy, your eggs, that sort of thing. So just something to think about there. One to two scoops a day is is perfectly fine. But hopefully that is helpful. Like I said, as far as brands and things like that, I've used a ton of different ones in the past. I just try to find one that you know meets those criteria and then one that I think tastes good. I've used Legion in the past. Right now I'm using one that's called Levels that I've really been liking. But again, just look at those things, ingredient list, protein content, calorie content, and then find a flavor that gels with you. Uh, question number five, I want to be more consistent with going to the gym this year, but I've never been able to be super comfortable within the gym. Any tips? Uh, yes, I do have some tips for this to be very honest with you. This is something that I hear from a lot of people that I start working with as online fitness clients who use a public gym. Some of the people that I work with, they'll do at home workouts, you know, bodyweight workouts or dumbbell workouts, or some of them even have like a full home gym like I have in my basement. 
but a majority of the people will work out in a public gym. And this is something that I hear from a lot of people is they don't feel super comfortable going to the gym. And a lot of times you don't feel comfortable just because you're not used to that environment. Maybe you haven't been there a ton. And for most people, when you are unfamiliar with something, you're probably going to be a little bit uncomfortable with that certain thing. So the gym is no different. You get more comfortable as you go. I remember myself when I first went, I think I first started going like when I was in eighth grade, kind of on and off a little bit, but I wasn't super excited to get in the weight room. I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't familiar with it. I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know, you know, the rules around the weight room. There was a lot of kids in there at the time who were a lot stronger than me and who knew their way around and were just more comfortable with it. And so I wasn't super thrilled about going to the weight room, but obviously now, you know, fast forward, it's one of my favorite places to be. I love being in the gym, love lifting weights. I'm super comfortable in there. So it's not necessarily something that you may completely love or fall in love with, you know, but you do get more comfortable as you go more often. So that's just something to keep in mind. If you are a little bit uncomfortable right now, continue to go and you will get a little bit more comfortable. But some more practical tips, some things you can do if you are going to a public gym is to find a gym that, number one, you feel comfortable in, like go to some different gyms in your areas, maybe talk to some people, look at some reviews and see what the people have to say about that gym and then take a tour of that gym, like go in there, see the type of people that are in there, the environment, because you can go to a gym, you could have 10 different gyms in one like single city and they could all be very different vibes be very different just in terms of how they make you feel, the equipment, like the people in there, all that different stuff. So do your research a little bit, find a gym that you feel that you would vibe with the best, and then go with that one. Second thing I would recommend doing is if you can find someone who knows what they are doing that you can ask questions to. This could be uh, somebody who works at the gym, like a trainer or somebody who like works at the front desk who you could ask questions to. This could be just a random person that goes to your gym. Um, maybe they you know, they're a familiar face or they look friendly or I'll say this too, like even the people that maybe don't look so friendly that, you know, the huge jacked people, the people that you can tell go to the gym all the time. A lot of times those people will be the first and the happiest to actually help you out because they really enjoy going to the gym and they like to share that experience and share that space with other people and especially other people who are kind of first getting into the gym. It doesn't really seem like that would make sense. Those people are typically super happy to help people who are new to the gym or maybe people who feel uncomfortable in the gym. So that would be number two, find somebody who, you know, or maybe you have like a friend or somebody who wants to go to the gym with you, you know, an accountability buddy or a training partner or something like that, who maybe is a little bit more familiar with the gym. That can also be super helpful too. Third thing, realize that most people are super focused on themselves, just like you're pretty focused on yourself and not looking like an idiot. That's exactly what a lot of other people are thinking about too. They're thinking about themselves. They're thinking about whether people are looking at them or if they're doing something wrong or if they look weird or whatever. So everybody's kind of in their own heads focusing on what they're doing. So just realize that nobody's like staring at you the entire time and watching you and paying attention to you. And then lastly, just some, you know, gym etiquette things to think about. Uh, sometimes people don't necessarily know gym etiquette and they don't really know the rules around the gym. So I just thought I would talk briefly about some of the very common ones and some that people probably wouldn't know unless they've spent some time in a gym. So first and foremost, just be aware of others and be aware of your surroundings. Like it's a public shared space. So there's going to be other people in there. So the worst thing that gets like super annoying or that you can do if you're in a public gym is to like be 
not self-aware, like people who just take up a ton of space. Maybe they're doing something that's like unsafe or dangerous around other people and they're just not considerate of other people around them or their surroundings. Like, so just be aware of yourself, of your surroundings, of other people. If you do that, like that's the main rule. Like if you can just you know, be a normal human being and just be aware of what's going on around you and be aware of yourself and others, like you're going to be in pretty good shape. Second thing, don't do exercises right in front of like the equipment. So like, for example, don't do exercises like right in front of a dumbbell rack or if somebody's like using a machine, don't be doing an exercise like directly right next to them or right in front of them. So again, just being more aware of your surroundings. Number three, don't hog tons of equipment. Again, it is a shared space. There's a bunch of other people that want to use the equipment, that want to use the gym, that want to be in there, get in their workouts, get out. They don't want to be you know, waiting a ton of time for you to use 15 of the dumbbells or three different machines at the same time or things like that. So don't use tons and tons of equipment at the same time, just because it's not very considerate of other people in the gym. Number four, don't use the squat racks for things that you can do in other places. Uh, in a lot of gyms, there's a limited amount of squat racks, just like there's a limited amount of all the equipment, but especially with squat racks, something that is super common and a lot of people use. You don't want to be doing something in the squat rack that you could be doing somewhere else. So the common example that people always say is like, don't curl in the squat rack, like don't do bicep curls in a squat rack, because you could do that in a ton of different other places. You don't need to hog or use a squat rack for that, because there's only certain things that certain exercises or certain things that you can do that are specifically for a squat rack where you can't really do those in other places. So don't use that equipment or, you know, that space or that area if you don't necessarily need that. And number five would be just to make sure that you're being clean, you know, wipe your machines down, wipe your equipment down. Again, just being considerate of others. It is a shared space. A lot of people are touching different things and using different things. And you want to just make sure you keep that space nice and clean. So those are just some things to think about just as far as gym etiquette goes. But um, do those things. You'll be fine. And hopefully I can help you with being more comfortable in the gym. And just remember that if you're not super comfortable right now, keep going, keep going, keep going. And eventually you will get more comfortable with being in the gym. Uh, question number six, I've been hearing more about intermittent fasting and been considering giving it a try. Anything I should know? Yes. So first of all, what would be your reason for wanting to do intermittent fasting? Uh, and the reason that I would ask you this or ask you to think about this is because a lot of people will try intermittent fasting or want to do intermittent fasting because they think it's like this magical diet or this special diet that's going to give you a ton of different benefits. And while it does provide some benefits, there's really nothing special about it. And I guess I should back up a little bit. Intermittent fasting is just a way to kind of shrink the eating window down that you are using within a day. And that way, a lot of people will notice that they either lose weight or some people will also say that uh, they feel just better and they have more energy when they're doing intermittent fasting. And again, the, the main reason for that is if you're shrinking down the amount of time that you have to eat in a day, you're more than likely going to be eating less calories. Because if you're eating, let's say on an average day, you eat, you wake up at seven o'clock, you eat your breakfast, and then you don't finish eating till like seven or eight that night. Maybe you have dinner at 730, you have a little dessert at eight or 830. You've been eating for over 12 hours within that day. Well, with intermittent fasting, Basically, like I said, eating in a smaller window, let's say normally you're eating like 12, 13 hours a day. If you shrink that down to, let's say, eight hours a day or six hours a day and you're only eating within an eight or six hour window, 
you're more than likely going to be eating less calories and eating less foods. Not all the time. You know, some people will go crazy within those six to eight hours and they don't see any changes in weight loss or anything like that. But for a majority of people, if you are shrinking down that time that you are eating, minimizing that time that you were eating throughout the day, you're just naturally going to eat less calories. And then, like I said, the second benefit that some people say they feel is that they feel like they, you know, have more energy or they feel a little bit better. And again, I think this is like on a individual basis from person to person. But again, I think it just comes down to a lot of people are overeating or maybe they're not eating quality foods. So their energy is just not great. They don't feel super good on the diet that they're currently eating. And when they Again, minimize that window that they're eating in. They just feel a little bit better. They're not having like stomach issues or feeling like low energy. And so that is why a lot of people say that they'll feel a little bit better when they're due intermittent fasting. So if it fits with your lifestyle, if it fits with your goals and you're able to stick with it, then it can be a useful tool. I have a client right now who kind of does a form of this where they don't really eat much for breakfast or they push their breakfast back. And then they have like a late breakfast or an early lunch, and then they finish eating at dinner time. So they're eating within like a eight hour window. And that's been working very well for this particular client. So if it works, then go for it. But you don't really have to feel like you need to do this every single day or get like super neurotic about it. Like if you you know, want to go out to eat on the weekends and have breakfast with your friends, like you don't need to skip breakfast because you know, you're not eating within your eight hour window. So again, if it fits with your lifestyle, with your goals, then go for it. I tried intermittent fasting just because I wanted to see what it was like, probably like six, six or seven years ago. Um, and I did it for a couple months. I didn't really love it just because I enjoy eating breakfast. I was personal training at the time. So I was waking up really early and then I would skip breakfast and I wouldn't eat till lunchtime. And you get used to it after like two, maybe like two, three weeks, your body kind of adjusts and you get used to that normal eating schedule. But again, I just didn't really love it. Um, it just wasn't for me. So I don't do it anymore. But if it works for you, then go for it. But make sure you're doing it for the right reasons is what I would say uh, most importantly here. Question number seven, we got two more. I'm looking to lose some weight this year, but I really don't want to count calories. Do you have another method you use to help people that doesn't involve counting calories? Yes. So um, I am a fan of people counting calories, at least for a certain time period. It's not something that I think you should do every single day or, you know, something that you should strive to do for the rest of your life. But the reason that I always suggest that people do it, at least for a little bit, is because you learn a ton when you actually count calories. Most people have no idea how many calories they're consuming. They have no idea how many calories are in certain different foods. You know, I always use the example of a spoonful of peanut butter. Like if you measure that out and look at what an actual serving size is for a 190 calories of peanut butter or a normal serving size, you will be sadly shocked because it is not very much at all. Like most of us are probably eating two to three times as much as the normal serving. So we're eating not 190 calories, we're eating probably closer to 500 or 600 calories within peanut butter. And that's just a single example, right? So people don't really have a good idea of what an actual serving size is, how many calories are in certain foods, how many calories they're consuming on a regular basis. And I always compare it to like your finances. Like if you didn't know how much money you were making, how much money you were spending, how much money you had in your bank, um, how much money you could expect to make for that month. Like if you don't know those basic numbers, it's really hard to know where you're at with your finances. Like 
Do I have enough money? Am I going to be able to pay my bills? Can I save for this certain purchase? Like, where am I at with my finances? Am I in good shape here? Like, it's really hard to know if you don't know those numbers. So again, I always encourage people to track at least for a good two to four week period. And then if you do have certain goals around weight loss and you find that tracking helps you with that, then I also encourage you to do that. But with this question here, they're asking if there's ways to do it without, and there absolutely is some ways to do it without. Um, the important thing when it comes to losing weight is that you're in a calorie deficit and you don't necessarily have to count calories to get into a calorie deficit. So we'll talk about just some general tips, some things you can do just in general uh, to help you get in a calorie deficit or eat less calories. And then I'll give you some actual methods that you can use as well, um, more specifically when it comes to trying to get into a calorie deficit. So just some general tips that will help you overall to eat less calories is number one, up your protein, because we know that when we eat more protein, we're going to be less hungry, we're going to have less cravings, we're going to be more full and satiated, which means we're less likely to overeat on calories. Up your fiber, same deal, it's going to help with hunger, help you eat less calories. When you're drinking more water, same deal. A lot of times when people think that they're hungry or they have these cravings, a lot of times they're just thirsty or they're underhydrated or dehydrated. So making sure that you are hydrated and drinking a lot of water can help with the hunger. Uh, number four, eat more fruits and vegetables. Uh, this is good just because you're eating higher volume, lower calorie foods. So when you think of something like vegetables, you can eat a large amount of those things and they don't have that many calories in them. So you're filling up your stomach, you're getting a lot of good nutrients, you're not taking in a ton of extra calories. So fruits and vegetables are good for that reason. Uh, number five, drink less liquid calories. So this is something that I did when I went on my first diet is I basically just cut out all liquid calories and I ended up losing close to like 30 to 35 pounds just by doing that and continuing to be active and just watching what I ate a little bit more. But a lot of people are drinking high calorie drinks. So whether it's like their morning coffee that has a bunch of different syrups and sugars and things like that, or if they're drinking a lot of alcohol, or if they're drinking a lot of pop or soda, like all those things have a ton of calories in them and they add up very quickly and they don't do a whole lot for you on a nutritional side of things. And they don't do a lot for you on the side of like filling you up. So by limiting those things or drinking less of those liquid calories, you'll notice that weight loss is often a byproduct of doing so. Number six, swap out higher calorie condiments for lower ones. This is also one kind of a sneaky one that not a lot of people realize, but like if you're having you know, ketchup or barbecue sauce or ranch or uh, different things that you're putting on your foods on the side, like all those calories can add up pretty quickly. If you ever look at the back of those labels, like a lot of those things have quite a few calories in them. So if you can swap those out for lower calorie ones, um, things like sriracha or hot sauce, or I'll even use like um, lower calorie type condiments. So like you can get lower calorie ketchup, lower calorie barbecue sauce, different sauces that you use for like stir fries and things like that. Like G Hughes is a really good brand that I've used for a couple years now. It's a lot lower calorie than what you typically would use, but it tastes really good. So swapping out some of those things can help you save some calories and help you with uh, losing some weight. Um, and then these last couple are more so things that you can do like from a physical side of things, but simple one is to increase your step count. So if you're only getting, you know, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 steps, try to up that, you know, get 8,000, 9,000, 10,000 steps. Like that's a really easy way to start getting a little bit of extra activity within your day, but also burning a few more calories. And for a lot of people, this is 
really easy activity that they can improve because it doesn't take a lot of planning. It doesn't, um, you know, mess up their day. It's just something that they can add into their day a little bit easier without having to plan a bunch of things out or change a bunch of things. Like you just up your step count, start getting more steps in your day, you know, parking further away, taking the stairs, maybe adding in some 10 minute walks here or there, taking more frequent breaks where you get up and walk around at work. Like there's a lot of different ways that you can increase your step count. And then the last one is lifting weights. Uh, lifting weights is always going to be a solid option when it comes to fat loss, just because you're building more muscle, which is going to help with not only how you look, but also the amount of calories that you burn. Um, so lifting weights, good thing. Definitely want to incorporate that as well. Um, so those are just some general tips, some things that you can do on just a regular basis to help you eat a little bit less calories and help you with losing weight. And then for actual like methods that you can use. So some things that you can really think about is eating till you're about 80% full. So a lot of times, most of us don't really even pay attention to it. Like we don't really have any awareness. We just kind of eat whatever in front of us or eat whatever's on our plate. And a lot of this comes down to we're just kind of distracted. Like we eat in front of screens or with our phone or in front of the TV and we're not really paying attention. So Bring a little bit more awareness to what you're actually doing when you're eating and try to eat to about 80% full. And this is the point where you're not like absolutely stuffed, but you're also not hungry either. So 80% full is a good rule of thumb when weight loss is the goal. Uh, another thing that you can do is called the three plates to snacks method. And this is one that I picked up from Jordan Syatt, who is a, another guy in the fitness industry. But I always thought this one was super simple and straightforward. But basically, you're going to eat three plates per day. With on that on that plate, you're going to have a quarter of it be some some sort of protein. You're going to have half of that plate be like veggies, um, and then you're going to have another quarter of that plate that is left. And on that quarter, you can put whatever else you want to have on that plate. So, just to reiterate that, you have your big circular plate. Half of that's going to be dedicated to veggies. Quarter of that's going to be dedicated to protein, and then the other quarter is going to include whatever else you want to have for that meal. And you do that three times a day. And then the two snacks part, you can either have a protein style snack, which we talked about earlier in this episode, or you can have a fruit or vegetable. So those are your snack options there. So three plates, two snacks, super simple, super straightforward. Um, and then the last one is you could just focus on eating a big salad every single day. So whether it's for lunch or dinner, uh, you have your normal breakfast, whatever, maybe you have your normal lunch. And then for your dinner, you just have a big old salad. Or maybe you have your regular breakfast, and then for lunch, you have a big old salad, then you eat your regular dinner. And what this is going to do is if you're eating a nice big salad, you're getting lots of vegetables, have some protein in there. But naturally, when you're eating salads, you're just going to typically be eating less calories overall. Now, if you're completely like dousing that thing in a pound of ranch and tons of oils and things like that, like you're probably not really helping yourself out there. But the whole idea is just to eat a little bit less calories by eating a lot of vegetables, eating some protein and having a meal that's going to not only fill you up, but it's going to help you eat a little bit less. So those are three like tangible strategies that you use. And then also some tips that you could use if you are trying to lose weight without counting calories. And then question number eight, our final question of the day is, can you list some of your favorite high protein foods, meals, and snacks? So yes, high protein foods this is something I talk about on my uh, on my Instagram quite a bit. So um, if you don't follow me there, follow me on that because I'm always trying to give people ideas of different high protein foods, snacks, meals, things that I'm eating on a regular basis. Because the thing about it is if you can increase your protein, you're going to just get so many good benefits from that. And then it also kind of 
affects a bunch of different areas within your health and fitness that you don't really have to think about. And what I mean by that is by eating more protein, you're naturally going to start eating less of the other things that maybe aren't quite as healthy. By eating more protein, you're going to be less hungry, which is going to end in you eating less calories, being a little bit more healthy, being more conscious about the things that you're putting in your body. By eating more protein, you're going to help build more muscle and strength, which is a good thing for longevity, which is a good thing for quality of your life, which is a good thing for how you look and how you feel, for your strength, all that different stuff. So by doing this one single thing of upping your protein, you're going to notice it has all these different effects on different areas of your health, which is why I talk about protein so much. But back to the question, favorite high protein foods, meals and snacks. So already hit on the snacks, but I'll do that one super quickly. So for high protein snacks, you have protein bars, protein shakes, Greek yogurt, cottage cheese. You have jerky or meat sticks. You have tuna packets. Um, those are my go-tos. Those are my favorite ones that I eat quite often and I recommend to people. So those are some good snacks that you can get some, some good high-protein quality options in. Uh, when it comes to just high-protein foods, you have like your animal products and your dairy products. Um, so you have like beef, chicken, you have your fish and seafood, you have turkey, you have pork, ham, things like that. You have eggs are a really good one. Um, dairy, like your cottage cheese or your Greek yogurt. Uh, those are all really good things. And you can also find some higher protein foods within like some plant sources. So like edamame or like some beans or tofu, things like that. You can also find some, some higher protein things within those as well. Um, and then when it comes to just meals in general, like what are some meals where you can get high protein um, contents in? So for breakfast, I'm a big fan of like protein shakes. Protein oats are a good one. Protein pancakes, uh, anything with eggs. So like omelets, burritos, breakfast tacos, breakfast bowls, all that stuff is all really good. Mix in some eggs and like maybe some breakfast meat, ham, bacon, whatever, and you can get some higher protein contents there. When it comes to like lunch or dinner, I'm a big fan of doing like bowls with like chicken or beef or even like seafood, but you just mix in, you know, some veggies, some protein, maybe some rice or something like that. You get a good mixture there. Uh, tacos, burritos are good options. Any kind of stir fry is good. And then I'm just a big fan of just doing like a simple, like very simple, straightforward type of dinner plate. So you pick any kind of protein that you want, pick one vegetable and then pick carb if you want a certain type of carb. So for example, you might have like um, chicken and you might have some sort of vegetables like broccoli, and then you might have um, potatoes or something like that. Or you might have like pork loin and you might have like some green beans and then you might have some potatoes on the side. So I'm a big fan of doing that because again, I like convenience and I really like simplicity. Uh, but if you're more of a chef and you like a little bit more extravagant type meals or maybe something that's a little bit more complex, then there's tons of recipes out there. There's a lot of people uh, on socials who are sharing those recipes, high protein recipes. You can find those all over the place. But again, for me, I like simplicity. I like, you know, being able to make good healthy meals quickly and conveniently so those are those would be my recommendations when it comes to those sort of things and with that that is all the questions that i have for this time uh like i said if you have questions for future episodes you can always send them to me through social media uh instagram is probably the one that i'm on the most so just send me a message there send me a dm and i will get back to you on your question and then i could talk about it on the podcast as well in a little bit more detail. So I uh, appreciate you guys that have sent questions in, all those of you that have continued to listen. You could do me a favor and leave a rating. That helps me out a ton. Appreciate those of you that have already done so. Uh, and then lastly, as I said, one-on-one uh, -on -one online coaching 
spots. If anybody is interested in one of those, looking for a little direction, a little accountability, looking to lose a little bit of weight, get in shape, all those good things, you can check out the link in the show notes and we can see if you are a good fit. But that is all I have for you now. So we will see you next week.